ari at zingermans.com. That's A-R-I at zingermans.com. Or you are welcome to call my office too, 734-663-9304, because ultimately all of this really is about dialogue and learning together, and uh, I'd love to hear from people. Preface. We've been teaching service for so long now at Zingerman's that it's hard for me to remember a day when we didn't. When we got into business in 1982, Paul Saginaw and I only had two other people on staff. And although all four of us were working pretty hard to give great service, I can guarantee that we weren't doing formal training classes on this subject. When you're a little startup business, who's got the time? I know we didn't. We were way too busy just waiting on customers and doing what we needed to do to succeed. And we're in an industry where pretty much 90% of new businesses go under within their first year. At that point, we just did things that seemed incredibly obvious to us. Be really nice to the customers, smile a lot, get them what they want, enthusiastically, energetically, and accurately. Thank people for the business they've given us. Work a million hours a week in the process. Figure that our employees would just pick it up from the way we were doing it. And well, pretty much we figured the rest would take care of itself. Which is true, and then also sort of not true. It did work out, and happily we're still going and growing strong, but it was far from that simple. I guess I should back up a bit and share some background on Zingerman's, what it is, where we came from, and where we're going. While our reputation is spread across the country, the building in which the delegate its origins is very, very small, just 1,300 square feet into which we managed back in 82 to squeeze something like 24 seats, four seats at the front counter at which our guests could sit and eat if they didn't want to take their food home with them. From day one, we focused our efforts on selling really full-flavored, traditionally-made foods, including sandwiches, traditional Jewish fare like chicken soup and chopped liver, artisan cheeses, homemade breads, olives, olive oils. While we've added on to the deli twice over the years, it's still a pretty darn small space. I think that's probably the biggest shock that people have when they come to visit us. But thanks, I think, to our never-ending drive to improve the flavor of our food and the level of service we provide, our work to educate both our staff and our customers about what makes our food so special, our commitment to our community, and the fact that we get to work with such really great customers and superior staff members. We've steadily grown that little deli into a unique, fun-to-work-in organization that's been recognized all over the country for many years now. What started out in 82 with a couple of staff members and 20 spots to sit and eat is now a $25 million a year organization that includes eight different Zingerman's businesses and over 400 staff members. The Zingerman's community of businesses today includes the deli, our bakehouse, our catering and mail order. We also have Zingerman's Creamery where we make fresh handmade cream cheese the way it was done a good hundred years ago. Zingerman's Coffee Company roasts and sells coffee all over the country. And Zingerman's Roadhouse is a full-service sit-down restaurant that serves traditional regional American foods, beers, and wines. And Zingtrain provides training and consulting services to share the Zingerman's experience with other business folks all over the country. Each of the businesses has received recognition and acclaim on its own. Over the years, we've been named Retailer of the Year three times by various specialty food publications. We've also been named one of 25 of the world's best food markets by Food & Wine magazine. We've been featured in an array of food and business magazines and have presented what we do at all sorts of conferences and educational forums. In 2003, Training and Development magazine named Zingtrain one of Training's new guard. The Creamery's cream cheese took a blue ribbon in its very first year at the American Cheese Society judging. Our mail order catalog has won a number of national awards, and the organization overall has garnered acclaim as well, being named Coolest Small Company in America by Inc. Magazine in January 2003 
and given the National Leadership Award by Gourmet News Magazine in 2004. It's pretty clear that our approach to service has been a huge part of making all of this possible. Our success and steady growth over the years is a testament to the fact that what we're teaching and using really does work, and it works in almost every venue you can imagine. Today we provide services that include everything from single cups of coffee to huge catering jobs, from consulting projects to corned beef sandwiches. We do mail order by phone and over the Internet, and we work as a wholesaler selling our breads, bakers, coffees, and handmade cheeses to shops and restaurants all over the country. The great thing about our service training is that it works equally well in every single one of those settings. Before I go any further, lest you think I'm some sort of natural-born service provider, I should make it clear that I did not grow up with this stuff. To be honest, I can't even remember anyone in my family talking about it. Education, religion, politics, sports, those things I remember. Service, not at all. The closest thing I can recall were regular mentions of how hard life was working in a service industry. My grandparents once owned a laundry on the south side of Chicago, and I don't ever recall them reminiscing over it with anything resembling affection. All I remember hearing is, with great regularity, that the laundry was hot in the summer, unbearably hot. And having listened to their laments for so many of my formative years left me with the belief that the service world was not a desirable place to be. So when I started to work in restaurants after getting my history degree from the University of Michigan, I had some serious internal work to do to truly make peace with the idea that what I was doing was a worthwhile way of life. Why the Zingerman's Approach? Unlike our earliest days at the deli, we now actively and formally teach service all the time. We do regular classes for our staff. We travel around the country and even to Europe to teach it to others. Every kind of business, from healthcare to health foods, from booksellers to roller coaster companies, have been through the training. And through our training and consulting business, ZingTrain, we teach it in a two-day seminar right here in Ann Arbor that's attended by service providers from all over the country and from really every walk of life. While each venue gets its own customized agenda, we teach the same approach in every single setting. Speaking of approach, there are probably about 800 or so other books you could buy on this subject of service. I've read dozens of them myself over the last 10 or 15 years, and many of them I'd happily recommend. So that said, why would the world want one more? I guess because the way we teach service here at Zingerman seems to be so different from the way most others do it, and, much more importantly, because the method we teach really works. Everyone here at Zingerman's and around the country who has put our systems in place has been able to get great results, to get really solid staff buy-in, and very positive long-term customer relationships. In terms of translating what we've believed from the beginning into a model that genuinely works in the real world, there are five major parts to what we do. While many organizations do one part or the other, my belief is that all great service providers do all five well. The first part is that we teach it. Without effective training, great service is just one more good idea that never really happens. And as a result, we're relentless about our service training. The good news is that there's no reason others can't be just as dedicated. I'll guarantee you that it's worth the effort. This stuff really does work. When someone finishes our training, they actually know what we expect with regard to service. And, through our classes, seminars, and training materials, we've given them a series of very tangible tools with which to make it happen. The more we teach it, the more effectively we can, and do, live it. The second part is that we define it. Of course, in order to really teach service effectively, you have to actually define what it is that you're looking for. Treating service as a generic, if desirable, concept isn't going to help anyone improve the quality of their work. What helps is that we've given a clear definition of service, what we refer to as a recipe, that works. 
Our approach isn't just a theory developed in a fancy think tank somewhere. It's what we've been doing every day of every week for over two decades. And I know it works because we use it with great success every single day. And because I've seen others we've taught successfully adapt what we do to their own organizations with a modicum of effort and a high degree of success. The third part is that we really live this stuff. At the end of the day, this is what really counts. Every organization today talks about the importance of service. We're hardly the only place in the country that teaches the subject, nor are we unique in giving it definition. I think that what sets us apart, and the many others who give great service out there, is that after defining it and teaching it, we actually devote enormous energy to walking our talk. Mind you, we never get it perfect, but we constantly work at it, perfecting the alignment between the way we teach it, the way we define it, and the way we live it. The fourth part is that we measure the quality of our service. Because service measurement provides the service world with the same sort of helpful data that financial statements provide you for your money. Quite simply, measurement gives us a scorecard for service, a commonly shared language about how we're doing, where we're succeeding, and where we're falling short. It helps us differentiate between our personal experiences of service and what the data says actually happened over the course of an entire week or month. The fifth part is that we reward great service. It's imperative that we effectively recognize and reward those in our organizations who go out and give great service every day. Both formal and informal reward systems will go a long way toward helping to build the service-oriented culture and the effective service delivery we're so committed to. These five elements of our service success, teaching, defining, living, measuring, and rewarding, form the heart of this book. What we've done, through lots of trial and error, learning from others, and effective recovery when we do screw up, is to create a learnable, usable, and very teachable angle on service that will work in any industry, in an organization of any size, in wholesale and retail, for profit and not for